Welcome, everybody, to the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast number 127 with Jordan Bailey. Uh, I don't know him that well, but uh, looking forward to getting ready and, uh, and talking to him about his uh, Ty Lube Honda team that he had this year and what he's doing for the summer, and uh, maybe I'll throw in a stew question there as well. Thank you to FXR Racing, designed by racers for racers, fxrracing.com. Phil Nicoletti, Enzo Lopes, uh, a lot of guys wearing uh, FXR Racing out there, and of course Brock Tickle as well. Their 2021 and a half stu- or 2021 stuff is out now, so please check them out, fxrracing.com. Pulpamex30 is the code to save with fxrracing.com. That's the best part of the whole deal. So if you want to look like Tick or Lopes or Ni- Phil Nicoletti, uh, fxrracing.com for more information. Race Tech Suspension and Motors, they can do both down there. Pulp20 is the code to save with those guys, racetech.com. Uh, please get some motor work done, get some suspension work done. Just get service your bike more than anything. Just please get your bike some service, all right? We'd appreciate that as well. Uh, also, Namira Pistons, A-Ray, uh, Darren Mees, among the guys using the Namira Pistons, their advanced piston technology has increased engine performance and reliability without increasing your budget. Follow them on Instagram uh, or online, namira.com. Please check those guys out. Forging champions, one piston at a time. Firepower batteries, you know about their batteries, you know about their chains. Uh, they've also got a full line of oil. Uh, they're all, their motor oil was built from the ground up by leading OEM manufacturers of the highest quality. Firepower offers standard mineral oil all the way to ester fortified full synthetic racing oil blended in the USA. Ask for Firepower today at your local shop, firepowerparts.com. Cheers using Firepower. A-Ray using Firepower. Ben LeMay using Firepower. Gopher Dunes Honda using Firepower. Uh, so on and so forth. Please check those guys out. Maxxis tires as well. MXSTs dev- designed by McGrath, used by A-Ray. Great mountain bike tires. I've got the Minion ones on my bike and uh, light truck tires, uh, UTV tires. Maxxis.com for more information on those guys as well. So thank you for listening to this. Appreciate it. And uh, let's get Jordan Bailey on the line and uh, and catch up with him shall we and now as promised on the fxr racing race tech suspension privateer island life podcast number 127 a guy i don't know that well but i'm looking forward to talking to about his season and uh and years past and different things it's uh jordan bailey what's up jordan how are you man hey thanks for having me on the show yeah i'm glad to be here and uh see what it's all about uh, yeah, no, it definitely. We were trying to get you in studio up in Salt Lake, uh, but you broke your hand. Damn it! Yeah, that uh, that was unfortunate. I broke my thumb um, in that mud race and had to get out of town early. But we're healthy now and, and looking forward to whatever racing comes next. <laughs> yeah, really, right? Um, do you plan to do the nationals whenever we find that that out? Is that the plan? Uh, I don't have anything put together to do the nationals. So, I mean, as of right now, I, I'm not doing the nationals, right. um, but I will be on the bike ready if there is an, if there is an opportunity to do the nationals. Um, let's go back to, to Utah. Uh, what'd you, before you hurt your thumb, what did you think of that whole thing? Um, it was, you know, obviously it was good to be able to race. Um, it was a really short notice. Being on a Supercross-only team, we don't have the leeway to necessarily – train and ride outdoors mm-hmm. um or continue to ride supercross because we had what i i think it was almost a month or over a month and don't really remember exactly it was a while of really no not a lot of training and then all of a sudden it was like a week to get ready and then go racing but it felt good to be back racing um utah as a as a state was really unique and cool and then obviously which it was unfortunate that i crashed but mm-hmm. i was glad we were able to race yeah, something at least, right? Get something done. So on the break, yeah, like you were riding for the Ty Lube Honda team uh, this year in Supercross. So on the break, 
yeah, there probably wasn't much for you to do for for something like that, right? Yeah, no, I know a lot of a lot of the guys were using that time to get ready for outdoors because there were so many speculations on what exactly was going to happen. Um, and then where I I was supercross only. So we kind of just, I would ride just not very, you know, not as much as if I were to race outdoors, Mm -hmm. obviously. So it was kind of like here and there I'd ride outdoors on a supercross bike, um, to stay in riding shape. And then it was all like, boom, we have a date we're racing. So it was really last minute, (laughs) but, um, Luckily, you know, I was I was healthy at least and was able to get a few days in before going to Utah. I felt like you were getting better as the season was going on. A, a tough start in Tampa for you. Um, we'd starting to see you in Atlanta. I think in Daytona in qualifying practice, get up there a little bit. Um, I felt like you were getting better as the season went on. Uh, yeah, it was definitely um, it was just a, it was a completely different change as far as the team wise. Right. What I was used to. Um, and I think Tampa, it was just being with Husqvarna previously for the past three years. Um, and then to a vibe of, you know, where there's really, let's say a four man team, Mm -hmm. um, just a whole different environment. And then the day was obviously not good and we were continuously getting better. That was the biggest bummer at where the race I had gotten hurt at Salt Lake city. I qualified sixth overall in the day, um, was starting to get better. It was just, it was obviously frustrating to be seemed like i think we got 11th almost like five straight weeks of racing <laughs> yeah and it was it got to the point of like man this is ridiculous like um because you know obviously i expect to be a lot better but yeah so i think next year obviously being comfortable and and with the change as far as you know i've only raced super this was my second year of supercross so it still was mm-hmm. to an extent a little bit unfamiliar even though i did have a year under my belt but um i think next year will be uh, really really good yeah, 10th overall last year for the Rockstar Husky team. Uh, you know, a good a good seat, a good showing, not great, but a good one. You had to feel like, yeah, hey, like that's a, for a kid that's racing supercars for the first time, not so bad. Yeah, I didn't think it was horrible. Obviously, it wasn't um, you know, anything to to go crazy about. It was very average, I would say. Um, but the the positive thing, I didn't crash, I didn't get hurt, mm-hmm. you know, I was I was able to stay healthy you know, throughout the entire season. Cause I think that's the biggest thing with rookies is to be able to do all the races and stay healthy is, is the biggest part of it. Um, but yeah, you know, it was, it was average. And then, you know, obviously everything that entailed. Yeah. Um, so what are you doing up in Massachusetts right now? Um, so I have a good friend, Justin Coquinos, he races the B class. Uh-huh. Um, and I was at home after Salt Lake city kind of just hanging out and he was racing the regional at WW ranch. And, um, you know, I was talking with his dad. I was like, we were kind of almost joking around like, Hey, I'll come up. I'll ride with Justin to, you know, yep. he's getting ready for Loretta's obviously. And it was really last minute. He's like, Hey, you know, come up here on Tuesday. And then I rode a three fifty twice. And then I decided to go race Southwick <laughs> uh, at an NESC race. And, and man, it's doesn't matter if it's a local race or the national, that track is just hard. Yeah. Yeah, bro. That those guys that those are locals you're dealing with there. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was funny as the the first 250 class um it was, you know, fairly easy race. I got the whole shot and was able to get a pretty big gap, but then the 450, you know, Robbie Marshall was racing. There's a, a few more locals in that class and Robbie was in front of me and I was like kind of like underplayed it. I was like, "Oh, you know, I'll get around him." And it literally took me out of the 6 lap race. It took me 4 laps and then when I passed him, he was almost passing me back. 
<laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, like, dude, this guy, yeah. you know, I completely like underestimated right. the, the talent level. Yeah, I mean, you're from Florida. You know how to ride sand. There's no doubt. But those guys, yeah. it's a different deal. It's a different it story. It is. It is. <laughs> and they're very confident. Um, okay. Uh, that, yeah, that's that's something. So how long are you going to stay up there for? Do you know? Um, I would say probably up to Loretta's. Um, yeah. when, when Justin heads out to Loretta's, I'll probably head home um, and then go back to MTF and, and figure out the plans for whether there's outdoors or just get back ready for Supercross. Um. Have you been in touch with people as far as like, hey, I'm ready, I can go, I, I want to do this uh, if you need somebody? Um, has that been kind of talked about with some teams? Yeah, you know, I reached out um, to a team in particular, one that had lost a lot of their riders, and I guess they weren't interested, um, which is all right. You know, you got to be willing to to get the nose. That's what was good. You know, a benefit to me not having a ride last year was I don't yeah. have an agent, so I made all the calls myself. Yeah. Um, and as a you know, nineteen year old kid at the time, you get a, you learn a lot of life lessons being told no. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, I'll I'll call everyone that I can in order to to see what's available, and if it's not available, then um, I'll just stay ready and either get ready for Supercross or mm-hmm. or if something comes up outdoors, right. I just can can only control what I can do. Yeah, absolutely. And calling these people yourself and, you know, being polite on the phone and being cool and, and nice uh, goes a long way, you know, and it always yeah. sticks with people as far as that goes, uh, as far as they remember you, you know? Um, yeah. Like, Ty Loop team for you this year, obviously uh, the, the gap between a factory, full factory team like you were on with the Rockstar Husky guys and the, a team like Ty Loop is pretty noticeable, pretty big deal. Um but the Tyloo guys have done a good job with Freddie Norn and different guys over the years. Uh, what was the toughest thing for you? Was it equipment? Uh, I would say equipment. We do have a good bike. Yep. Um, I would just say being accessible to things. You know, mm-hmm. obviously on a factory team, you almost get used to being. You know, my my bike blew up today. They overnight you a motor, yeah. right? You yeah. get you get things without where it's different. The budgeting's different. You know, to be able to test, I think is a huge. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, factory connection. We were lucky to have a day with factory connection and they're phenomenal. Um, but you don't have the weeks yeah. and the hours and hours spent just strictly on you to get ready for, for the season and, and whatnot. So that was the biggest thing was just not having the, let's say 10 people basically for you at a race Yep. where it was, it was four, it was more put on to me. Like buddy is my motor builder, my mechanic, our team owner, team manager. It's, I mean, he literally does it all. Mm-hmm. So as a rider, you have to be more vocal as far as, Hey, like if you're having, you want to make a bike change, you have to really tell them what you want. Right. Right. Um, and that's a change for you for sure. That's, that's definitely, yeah. Something that you're not used to. Obviously you were an amateur kid brought up by the, by the Husky guys and, and you know, yeah. so this is all new to you, this part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess, uh, what's, so you, you, you stay ready. Jump on a, a, a team for outdoors if you can. What about a 450 for yourself? Would you do that if, if something came up? Um, yeah, I would yep. be willing to ride a 450. Um, I spent a little bit of time on a 450 uh, before I actually got on the whole tie loop thing. Um, and then, like I said, I just raced Southwick on a 350. Yep. So I'm getting a little bit more familiar with the bigger bike, but it definitely is a learning experience. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if someone was willing to do a 450 or yeah. – it would. I would be interested, absolutely. 
Jordan Bailey on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Podcast, brought to you by Namira Firepower and Maxis. Uh, Pulpamex 30 is the code to save with FXRRacing.com. Please check them out. Uh, Filthy Phil Nicoletti, Enzo Lopes, a lot of guys wearing FXR Racing. And Pulp 20, the code to save at Racetech, Racetech.com. Please check them out. And Namira Pistons, Firepower Oil and Batteries, and uh, and Maxis Tires as well. Um, hey, uh, I guess let's, Jordan, let's back up a little bit. Last year, uh, 15th overall outdoors on the Rock, Rockstar Husky team. It was a two-year deal. Um, did you kind of know you were, would be out? Were you surprised when, uh, say, Bobby Hewitt or whoever said, eh, we're going to go in different directions? Were you thinking that you were going to stay there? What was sort of the uh, the circumstances behind that? Um, yeah, I I mean, obviously, towards the end outdoors, I had I knew that I wasn't going to be re-signed. I was never officially told that yeah. they were going to go a different direction. You kind of just know as a rider right, when right. they re-sign guys and you're not in the conversation to be resigned. You, you get the feeling. Um, <laughs> yeah. Did I hope to be resigned? Absolutely. Um, but like I said, they obviously yep. wanted to go another way. I don't have any hard feelings. Outdoors was tough. You know, I was the most frustrating part was I knew Supercross was average. You know, it was good. It was an averagely good season, I guess, for, mm-hmm. for a rookie. Um, I needed to prove myself in my second year of outdoors. We had a lot of issues that year um with dnfing races and yeah and things like that and the frustrating thing was like i qualify i would qualify fifth at red bud and then you know would have a, a dnf or, or something which would re- you know make the weekend look like i got 20th overall when you go dnf whatever yeah um on the day so it was very it was a very stressful not only on myself but the team and everything um that year and i kind of knew at the end of it like that was iron man was probably gonna be my last race on mm-hmm. husky yeah and, um, but I wasn't, you know, as a, an adult being 19 and in the sport, you need to grow up faster. You need to be realistic with what is going on. And I understood the situation. Yeah, it's, it's, it is, it's a business, right? You're 19, but yeah, you're grown up and this is a, a real business. It is odd though for you. Like, so I'm, I was a mechanic for a while on a few teams and, and, uh, I've been around the sport for a while for a factory team. You had a lot of DNFs. Uh, and, and, you know, again, maybe some of it was the way you were riding. I don't know this, all the circumstances behind it, but holy shit, man. Uh, there were more times than not that your bike was breaking and I, you know, that's a great team. They've won championships. They're proven, but you just couldn't get a break that way over there. Uh, and I know because, you know, Pulp Mex fantasy is a really big deal. And a lot of us were talking about you week to week and seeing your speed and then seeing a factory bike getting pushed off. It's like, wow um it doesn't happen often and and i gotta think some of that was just damn bad luck jordan yeah you know it's racing you know motocross is a sport that there's so many things that could go wrong and unfortunately it seems like when you're on a bad streak Mm -hmm. they will go wrong um but you know they're they are a great team and, and that they have everything capable of becoming and you know seeing what they've done in the past few years to be a, a top level team there they're a very fit, good team, for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, and, and in other news, Bobby Hewitt, a guy that you probably know well through the amateur ranks and, of course, the two years on the pro team, uh, it looks like he parted ways with the Husky team. Uh, what was your experience like working uh, for Bobby? Uh, Bobby's a very level-headed guy. I think it, it goes a long way with riders, um, being that you know each team manager, team owner, they handle things, situations differently. Um, Bobby isn't a guy that you know will scream and yell and right. – and loses cool on things. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, he's a, he's a family guy. Uh, I don't obviously know exactly why or what was the reason behind mm-hmm. 
parting ways, but um, I think he was a good dude, and I was glad to be part of his team. What would you do differently for your two years there if you could? Uh, was there something that comes to mind? Was there? Was there? Uh, I mean, again, like have your bike stay together? You know, would be one that I might come to mind. But um, what about yourself, mentally or physically? Anything you would have done differently? Uh, no, I wouldn't say I have any regrets or anything I'd want to change. Obviously, um, it's tough as a pro. I think that's <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I think yeah. that's the best answer. It's. It's no joke, and these guys are very good, and you have to be that 1%, and I might have underestimated in a way um, how important it is to be to be officially ready. You know, being 18 years old, just turned 18 going into Hangtown, my mm-hmm. pro debut. You know, you can go – I can go faster than anyone at the practice track, and they smoke you on the race day, you know, because it's, it's – you know, they've done it. They've been around, and adjusting – was difficult. Um, but I don't think I would change anything. I learned a lot, not only for the, you know, the, my racing career, but my overall you know life as a, as a kid and yeah. as an adult, young adult now, it's helped me tremendously. Um, being as honest as you can, let me ask you a couple things uh, that I heard through the grapevine and you can confirm, deny, uh, uh, you know, shed some light on it. Uh, if you can, one of them I heard was uh, your parents, uh, your dad specifically, butted heads with the team a little bit. Is that is that true? Is that something that, looking back, uh, did happen, or, or was that just pit pit gossip? Uh, I think it's more pit gossip than anything. Yep. It, it gets blown out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Um, there were there was a time where, you know, my dad was my practice mechanic. Yep. For and he was my mechanic forever, obviously, and the team wanted me to get a practice mechanic. And we were going that direction. It was just they wanted it sooner than what we could do. Okay. And that caused some, you know, friction between my dad trying to be the best that he can Mm -hmm. as a practice mechanic and the team just continuously wanting me to go a different direction with the guy, which was, I think, what made it the, you know, the worst of it was we we had a practice guy coming, but it was like we needed to wait another, let's say, a month. Okay. And it, it seemed like any, if there was, was an issue at the time, it was because of my dad. And, but I mean, like, like grownups, you know, you might get mad for a couple of days, mm-hmm. but after that, it was perfectly fine. And I have a great relationship with the team now. Um, my dad has a good relationship. We have no issues with, with anybody there. Right. Yeah. It's tough because your dad helped you tremendously, obviously to get all the success that you had as an amateur and as a pro and everything else. And yeah. So, and sometimes these teams are like, well, that, you know, we got to take it to the next level, but the, the parent, the mom, the dad, whoever it is, is like, wait a minute. Like, I know my, my son, you know, I know them well. I know what makes them tick. I know what, what they don't like. So dude, it's a delicate balance for, uh, for every team and every parent out there. Yeah. I think it's the, this, the adjustment from being an amateur to where you are basically your own team. Mm-hmm as far as a family and then you're supported through these manufacturers basically. And, um, it was just, you know, it, we were so new to everything. I got a mechanic at high point, right after I believe high point of my, of my pro debut. So I was what four races in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just that adjustment period was different for all of us. And I think my dad being and, and I being on it, I would say an amateur mindset and not yet a pro mindset yep. of how important, you know, being safe on a bike and making sure everything was good with the bike, how important that was. But, um, yeah, it's just an adjustment period. I feel right. 
Uh, another thing that I kind of heard through this grapevine, and I talked to somebody actually yesterday a little bit about some stuff. Uh, obviously, as part of the Rockstar guys uh, and the TLD guys, everybody is down at Baker's Factory, not working with Alden, but working with Tyler Rattray uh, last year, and uh, probably a couple, one, somebody else that I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, did you like that? Did you, I, I heard? I heard it wasn't like obviously. Look, Alden's success with Coop and Marv and Zacho and everybody can't be can't be denied everything else but i'm not so sure the that secondary part is working uh and you were one of the guys i heard that maybe had a bit of a, a adjustment period slash i don't want to say struggle because that might be the wrong word but he, um you know didn't necessarily enjoy it down there uh what do you got to say about that yeah you know training at mtf for you know the whole you know i got homeschooled halfway through 10th grade and then that was the year i, I had you know, really got my, I spent a full year training mm -hmm. full time, um, at MTF and the, and then they got me my pro ride and yep. I won Loretta's and, um, I signed with Husky and we went down to Baker's and, and being from Orlando as well, it's, it's, you know, I was born and raised in Orlando, True. Yeah, Claremont. It yep. was, uh, it was nice to be home right. for sure. Um, I think Tyler's a great trainer. I think it's just like any trainer, it, a certain guy may succeed off of, um, a style of training. Yeah. And yeah. as an, you know, as a 19, 18, 19 year old kid learning the ropes, I mean, I pretty much want to ride all day long rather than <laughs> necessarily yeah. sit on a bicycle all day long. Right. For example. And I think with the amount of money, um, what that was being put out for training, I made as what you would call, I guess, an executive decision on, you know what, my results aren't there. Right. They're, there's just not a reason for me to continue doing this being that knowing that I, I'm on the cut line to even get resigned as it is. Yep. I need to do what's best for my career. And I made that change and went to MTF. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was just back to what I've always known. And I've been, I've been there since I went back and we do a lot of laps. Um, we, we, you know, as a Baker's Alden's a phenomenal trainer on paper, it shows, yeah, you, know, you can't it, deny it. Absolutely. You can't deny yeah, it. And no. Tyler was a great racer, and you can't deny that either. He backs it up. He was a factory guy, a world champion. You know, he's now doing – he's got his own facility. The guy's willing to go out there and, and do his best as a trainer. And I think it was just uh, – it was new. The whole Baker 250 side was mm -hmm. new, so we were almost like the guinea pigs yep. of of what's to come. I think um, now I'm sure the balance is, is getting better. Um, and I think the riders results are showing that are better because it wasn't just necessarily myself that was struggling that whole year. I felt like yeah. as if all of us there was struggling. Um, and it's tough to make that decision to, to leave. And, and I, and I made that change and I started qualifying good. You know, I was qualifying 15th. I went to qualifying inside the top 10. I started competing when I was racing instead of just being out there. Right. Um, and I was happy. Was that because you, know? you were working on more bike stuff at MTF with with uh, with Colleen? More of that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, like it's yeah. more technical because, and especially in Supercross, it was the hardest because when you're around Jason Anderson and and these guys, they're on a they're on a level of that people just an average rider, a kid learning the ropes, they they need to learn. The right. basics. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Anderson already went through that when he was, yeah, he's already older, right? Marv, yeah, Zacho, it, right, yeah. It's tough to eyeball, you know, a guy like Zach Osborne. You watch him and you're like, I remember watching him on the 250 
and on the 450 and you're like, dude, this guy hits the whoops wide open. <laughs> if I were to hit the whoops wide open with no structure, I would just wad my reins out. So uh -huh. it was like, I almost needed as a young kid, I needed more of that balance of technical work um, along the lines of, and you know, the, the laps, I think I needed almost double than what an older guy, a veteran would have in the sport. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think he would, be okay with me sharing this but like a guy like amart you know older guy was there right with the tld people and he was just like look you can't i'm 28 you know jordan bailey and sean cantrell are 18 19 whoever's there at the time and we're all doing the exact same thing he's like i'm 28 years old i need my own program different from you know from what the kids want it and the kids like what for all the reasons you just saying like you you know you, you're not on jason anderson's experience level or speed level or, or anything else so i almost wonder if they're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole because it works with you know kenny Roxon and ryan villapoto and ryan dungey and all these guys you know yeah and and, and people want to you know jump to conclusions on alden does uh, a secret you know, secret training and he's yeah, got this recipe no, no, for, no. Right. Yeah. and there's no, you know, sport, we're not in a sport. There's rocket science, you know, yeah. you know, you got to do the bare minimum 35 minute photos. You got to do the 20 minute photos. It's a very structured program. Yeah. And I, and that's what I think his guys succeed on is because it's so structured. The guys are racing and riding together and they're the best guys in the world going into it, you yeah. know, in yeah, theory, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. and, and on a two fifty level, we're a proving ground, right? Um, and we're trying to prove ourselves that, um, we're trying to get to that 450 level. And I think we need more guidance as far as, you know, the, in, the whole yeah. training as a whole. And, so, and you know, what sucks too is, so you leave there, right. To go to MTF and now the whispers start, Bailey can't handle it. Bailey can't handle it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, it, like, you know how that goes, right? And, and you're just like, wait, yeah. wait, this isn't working for me. Like, the, the work is fine. I just thought this isn't working. So Yeah, and I, I yeah. hear that. They're like, was the program too hard? It's like, dude, I'm a 19-year-old kid. I don't get tired. Yeah, yeah. No. You know. Yeah. No, I, I heard the same thing because I heard some other guys had issues there, and, and they were just told that I was just told that they're pussies. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Do we know that? Do we, you know, how do we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a tough deal for you and your family and everything else, you know. And and again, like you mentioned earlier, you're paying for this. You're paying for this. Yeah, service. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like you have to make those decisions sometimes. But on the other hand, getting in with um, you know six, seven guys that are your level and having fierce motos. Uh, that also that's you know a big part of what Alden believes in is is competition Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You know what I mean? All during the week. So that part's good. Yeah, for sure. That part was, was very good. And I felt as if MTF, what makes MTF what it is and what people don't understand that don't go there is mm -hmm. it's virtually a race. And, you know, we were a smaller crew, Martin Davlos and myself and Jordan Smith, um, with mm -hmm. obviously Smith getting hurt earlier in the season. But we go off a starting gate and we race through a first corner. We race when we're out there on the track. Yep. And, you know, we're not scared to bump each other. We're not. So we have that level of respect, um, which was the intensity level is a little different. Bakers, you kind of go in behind the guy and, and, you, and you do it like that. Because a lot of times, and the, his benefit of the doubt, a lot of times the guys are going for a title. Um, so you don't yep. really want to interfere <laughs> with a, yeah, yeah. a championship. But, um, 
yeah, Alden is very successful, and he'll continue to be successful. I, I, I mean, yep. look at Zach winning already on the 450 and, and, and being an absolute beast. Yeah, yeah, I just don't know if you can I'll, – I'll, I'll kind of correct myself, and again, I'm just from far away just sitting here behind a microphone, but I'm always like, ah, I don't think you can just take Baker's program and his knowledge and just apply it to a bunch of kids – and and hope that it works. That's all. That's all my thinking is. But I mean, you know, we'll see, right? But yeah. Uh, Jordan Bailey uh, brought to you by FXR and uh, and Race Tech, of course. Namira Pistons as well. Firepower. Uh, we're over fifty years experience in the industry. Firepower commits to quality, value, and service for your bike. Firepower offers chains made in Japan, feather featherlight lithium batteries, and oil to stand the test of any power sports vehicle. The all new Firepower motor oil was built from the ground up by leading OEM manufacturers of the highest quality. Firepowerparts.com. Namira Pistons since two thousand one. Namira has been supplying factory level pistons and gaskets for every make and model, from two wheels to four, from weekend warriors to winter X Games guys like Mies and A Ray. Namira Advanced Piston Technologies increased engine performance and reliability. Namira.com and Maxis.com for MXSTs developed by Jeremy McGrath, used by A-Ray as well. Please check them out. Um, Jordan, so you mentioned Marty. Um, what a legend Marty is, huh, during the week? Yeah, the guy. He's, <laughs> he's, he's super underrated, and yeah. you know he's a great guy, and I don't think there's a single guy that trains as hard as he does really? every single day on the, really? on the track yeah on the track that guy shows up every day yeah at full speed he may complain a little bit like we all do <laughs> 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 he might try he might try and throw the, the the age card in there sometimes right but i'm telling you i've been around martin even when he was on husqvarna uh-huh. and i've never seen the guy miss a beat hmm Interesting. He doesn't. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he he's now a dad. You would think. You know, I was like, oh, you know, Marty might get a little uh, little lazy. So he's a dad now. He's taking on the responsibilities of a of a grown up person. And and nope, that guy showed up every day. I mean, he was. I, I'd see him at the track. He looked like he got three hours of sleep. <laughs> and he would hit yeah. the whoops at, a, at an ungodly speed. Yeah. And for him to show his results towards the end of the season. Were, were you know it was really good to see he he really he didn't like me because i would i'd make fun of him a lot for being in 250s and and but dude i always felt like hey marty it ain't working in 250s i know you're making some money but it's not working for you get on a 450 where i just think he's too old uh to sort of i think he's too old and too smart to lose his mind in 250 class like a lot of you kids do and i just thought he should be on a 450 and i was happy that he had some success this year on a 450 man that was awesome to see he is super talented He's really, really good rider. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and what was cool him coming onto the program at MTF, um, him obviously being at MTF since he was very, very young. Um, Brian Johnson training us, mm-hmm. who at one point raced with Martin. Yeah, yeah, that's um, a good point. Their yeah, rela- yeah. <laughs> I mean, their relationship was like they're your brothers. They'd argue, <laughs> <laughs> and and what the best like people don't really get to see the day to day, but it'd be like Martin likes to seat bounce jumps. Yep, he seat bounces almost everything, and it, it's funny. To hear like Brian getting on him about he literally was riding like a vet rider on the Supercross track. He seat bounces the jumps and <laughs> he, and but it was cool to see him. You know, basically, even though he's older, um, for him to go through a new bike, a new 450, yeah, and to see that um, was really cool. And then to see him at the end of the season, you know, getting up front, battling with Eli Tomac. I mean, yeah. I mean that was really cool to see. Yeah, it has to help you out too. You, I'm sure you've learned a lot from him, you know, in your time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I, he seems like a guy that would share information as well. Would share, you know. Uh, oh, everything. Yeah, yeah. 
kind of give you some advice if you can or whatever. So yeah, he's a phenomenal mentor. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so you do you feel like you're a better Supercross guy or Motocross guy? I was out on the mountain bike trail today, and I was thinking about this interview that we were doing, and I was kind of thinking about your results and things that I've thought about. And honestly, I, there were times in Motocross where you would rip through the pack and you were pretty impressive. And then I remember some Supercross races where you would qualify well, like you said. So I don't really know, Jordan, if you're better one way or another, indoors or out. Um, I don't. That's a good question. I'm never really. I would say I'm well balanced, obviously, um, which is like the answer you should say. But um, I would say I used to actually be really bad at Supercross, like horrible. As an amateur, okay. I'd show up at Monster Cup and be <laughs> because going to school, I didn't have the access to a Supercross track, so I would ride Supercross one time. Or like three days and then race Monster Cup. And I was like, I'll never be able to race Supercross. I'm horrible. <laughs> and then obviously when it was time for me to race Supercross, I got I got ready and, and strictly rode nothing but Supercross. And I feel as if I'm very confident um, on a Supercross track. Mm-hmm. And outdoors, it's, it's hard. Um, sorry, we're at the dirt bike track. Yeah, I can but, hear that. Yeah. Yeah. We're just leaving the local track, but, um, it's difficult for me on some tracks, obviously like Southwick is right. Growing up in the sand, riding the sand. I love Southwick, um, red bud always loved that track. And it was, it was like Colorado's a track for me that I've had to learn. Like my rookie season, I think I crashed in the same turn twice. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I was like, I remember showing up at Hangtown for my debut and I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, this is the weirdest track I've ever ridden in my life because you're so used to just growing up on the same tracks. Right, but, right. Um, you talked to me towards the end of the Supercross season. I'm going to like outdoors better. You talked to me at the end of outdoors. I can't wait for Supercross. So it's kind of just yeah back and forth. Those uh, I, This year on Tyloop, obviously, it's a step down from, you know, in money-wise and, and equipments are good. But it's like you said, there's not 10 people standing around trying to help you out. Did you feel less pressure this year? Did you Did you enjoy that or did you – was the pressure of being, you know, of eyeballs looking at you on, on Rockstar Husky team something that you enjoyed? Um, I enjoy the pressure because, you know, as an amateur, I was always on a factory team as an amateur. Um, I was always expected to win. Coming from the East Coast, you don't have the, the leeway of always being around the teams. So people were always like, well, you, you had everything as an amateur. Well, I only got rides because I'd won, won Loretta's. Like, it was like, I remember that year in B-Class, I won both titles. I was the last guy signed that year. Oh, yeah? Okay. And, and yeah. it was almost like, a. it was like, oh, well, you know, this guy, I went six for six at Mammoth, and then I won the B-Title, and then I got a pro ride. You know, it was kind of like that throughout my career, so I always had the pressure of winning, and if I didn't win, it was a failure. And then, um, as a pro, I always, I had the pressure on myself of to do well, and I think even now, the team itself might not yell at you for getting 11th, mm-hmm. where... At a Husky, they're disappointed. They're, you know, they're, they're doing like, what do you need in order to not get 11th? Cause that is just horrendous. Right. 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 And, but now I take the, you know, I take more of it on myself because I don't have the excuse of, oh, well, my bike setup was wrong today and I'm going to do testing and it'll be fine next week. Because I, I, growing up, my dad wasn't, never rode. My dad's a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. My mom's a business banker. Uh, my brother double majored at Florida State. He's a finance manager. I mean, I didn't grow up in a dirt bike background, so I learned how to ride a dirt bike. It was yeah, like, you yeah. know what? Huh. This is what you have. Yep. This is if you want to do this, you're going to do it, and you're going to learn how to ride properly. So I, I always take the the blame on myself. 
which has helped me, I think. Huh, interesting. I didn't know that your yeah, your family had those uh credentials, you know, so you didn't grow up in like a moto family. You didn't grow up in this yeah, in the in the in the grand scheme of like, hey, uh your dad rode, your brother rode or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, funny story. Um when I first started my dad had an Acura SUV. Yeah. Um, and we'd put the PW in the back of it <laughs> and we'd go to a, like a, it's Orlando MX, which used yeah. to be called Biflo. And yeah. I used to yeah. ride in the field. My dad would put a cooler and, a, uh, like a stand or a gas can and I'd do circles around it and he would sit in the car on the phone and yeah. Adam Cien Cerullo was at the track as a kid on a 65 and I would just sit in the bleachers and watch him ride yeah, yeah. every day. <laughs> and that's, I would just try and implement what I'd watch to, to what I was doing. And then growing up that's you know that's kind of how it was wow that's interesting oh, that's cool uh i wrote pack tracks a whole bunch uh, when i was yeah. in florida that's that's fun that's a good, good place to ride um yeah. on the fxr racing race tech suspension privateer island live podcast number 127 we'll wrap this up with jordan bailey can we talk about Stu for a second can we talk about Stu? yeah so you're an fos you're a friend of Stu. How much do you talk yeah. to him? How much have you, how much do you do you bro down with with Stu? And he's back, by the way. He's working with Chase. It's it's very exciting. He, yeah, he's back. Um, I wouldn't say I talk to him a lot. Obviously, wearing seven gear. Yep. Um, you have that relationship, and then obviously, I was seven as an amateur. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm in his area of Orlando and playing golf, I'll absolutely shoot him a text and play golf with him early in the morning, as when he plays. Okay. Um, but it's cool to see him getting back into the sport. Um, but as you guys know, he's very, you know, reserved. He's very quiet with what he is. I don't, he thinks he's like a secret agent or something. I think (laughs) we Um, we were texting, we were texting back and forth, maybe like a couple months ago. Uh, we were texting back and forth and it was going okay. And then dude, he just, just, that's it. He never, he stopped replying. (laughs) He's never replied. He (laughs) he is, he's a guy that like, you just don't understand. Like he almost like. He's almost like the president where he doesn't want like his pattern to be the same every day. <laughs> it's, I mean, I've seen the guy play golf and just, he'll be on, let's say the 10th hole and then vanishes, just leaves. <laughs> and you don't know why the guy, and you hear these stories. I have friends that, you know, work the country club and whatnot. And they're like, yeah, James is here. Then the five holes, then he just gone, goes home. I, I was going to ask you about that. I, I, I did hear that story that he just, he just takes off. He's in the middle of a round of golf. He's gone. Yeah, like yeah. he's just—he's a guy that he, you know he's retired, and I think that's what's sick is like you can tell he's retired, and, right. and he may be starting to get bored now, right? Um, but yeah, he kind of just makes his day what he wants, and it's like yeah, he is—he's—he's oh. he's degaff, isn't he? He's degaff yeah. totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, has he tried to help you on the bike at all, and, and off the bike and stuff, or do you guys just keep it friendly and golf stuff? No, we keep it—we keep it friendly. We t- we you know he'll. He'll do some, you know, he'll put out some pointers here and there. Um, he knew, obviously, I'm not going to change things up at MTF. That's, you know, that's home yeah. for me. Orla- Orlando's a bit of distraction for me being from there yeah. and living in a college town at home. <laughs> yeah. It's not a not a place I really want to be. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, he's a, he's a good dude. He's just, he's got a tight group circle, and yeah. I, he's going to help Chase, I think, for sure. I can't believe he's doing it. I, I mean, just because it's like, First of all, I don't know if he can explain how he how to ride because of the way he rode, right? Like he's just yeah. like how do you so explain? Different. Yeah, how do you explain? Uh, you know, oh, just 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 quad that. Why don't you just, yeah, quad just that? jump over? Yeah. Jump over a twenty foot wall, <laughs> right? So I, so I don't know how that's going to work. He doesn't need the money. I just don't. I'm, I'm. It's awesome that he's back. Don't get me wrong. It's super cool. But I just 
I don't know how he can help. <laughs> he was so he was so extraordinary. He was so different. You know, he's such a unique, one of a kind guy. But hey, whatever. You know. Yeah, I think I think it's just scary for a lot of pros to be the the man, and then all of a sudden you start to realize it's like you're not around the sport for four years, and it's like all the new generation kids are like, huh? Oh yeah, James Stewart's cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's almost as a racer, it's scary to think like that. It totally, totally. You're absolutely right. Right. Yep. You uh, you nail you hit the nail on the head there for sure. Um, well, cool, man. Hey, thanks for the time, Jordan. I really appreciate it. You've always been a real friendly, well-spoken guy. Um, and, uh, one of those people that, you know, you, you kind of root for and you want to do well. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm stoked you took the time for this, uh, for this privateer podcast, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. I look forward to be back. Sounds good. Hopefully we'll see you this summer somewhere on a team somewhere at some, some race in this, this summer, whenever we're racing. <laughs> yeah. Whenever we're racing. Thanks, Steve. Okay, cool. Thanks, Jordan. See ya.